So, a traditional Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. Happy New Year, Preston. What? Happy New Year, Preston. <laughs> what? A new year already? Wow. Where has the time gone? I mean, this is the third year of the Holy Watermelon Podcast. Yes, not three years worth of episodes, but we have <laughs> touched three years with our with our great content. Right. I'm pretty proud of us. Happy New Year, everyone. And thank you for listening, too. Without our audience, this wouldn't even be possible. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for listening to the, the Holy Watermelon, Watermelon Podcast. Podcast. That's, that's the soft <laughs> open I wanted. Thank you. I'm with you now. I know you are. This is something <laughs> that I get so passionate about <laughs> this is your pet peeve it is and i'm not even a christian <laughs> today we're talking about the 12 days of christmas and we i've also included epiphany in this as well because why not that's you know, why wouldn't you part of the 12 days of christmas kind of yes i mean when else we, we may as well lump them all together but sure. one of my biggest pet peeves is we see this in retail always is you either see the 12 days of Christmas as the first 12 days of December or the 12 days leading up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. eh. Both are incorrect. <laughs> None of those are the 12 days of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas are the 12 days after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird to see how much this mistake is made. I hope next year, all of you, next December, when all of you see this, you just shake your fist at it. <laughs> right. Because now you know. Now you're a little bit better because you know the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, this episode isn't late. This episode is right on time. Perfectly on time. Y'all wondering why we're still covering Christmas in the new year. <laughs> There's a lot of people who haven't celebrated Christmas yet. That's true. The entire Eastern Orthodox tradition celebrates Christmas after the 12 days of Christmas have ended. Yes, you might hear, depending on where you are in the world, we're in Alberta, but if you're anywhere sort of Western Canada, you might hear the term Ukrainian Christmas, mm -hmm. because generally... We have a huge Ukrainian We have population. a huge Ukrainian population here, but generally if you're Ukrainian, you are part of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, and they celebrate Christmas on January sixth seventh seventh yeah i've seen i saw both dates in my research so really i've never seen anybody put ukrainian christmas on the sixth that's epiphany oh all right and orthodox christmas is the day after western epiphany uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes we're going to get into all these calendars. <laughs> Things get confusing, but we're going to help straighten that out. And I actually, for the longest time, just thought Epiphany and Ukrainian Christmas were the same thing. But it's actually a calendar difference. But we'll get there. Yeah. So what are the 12 days of Christmas? Is it just the countdown? or is It's there... that horrible song. Oh. Which I have some notes on that, too. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, there, so again, they're the 12 days following Christmas, ending on 6th with the day after being Epiphany. And every day of the 12 days is actually a saint's day. 
So you could really party hard if you wanted to. I mean, every day is a saint's day. Every day is a saint's <laughs> day. But you could just have feast days after feast days. I need to be Catholic. <laughs> I'd get a lot of time off work if I wanted. I mean, there's different tiers of sainted feast days. And there's there's memorials for minor saints that they're, they're never going to be counted as holidays. And then they kind of spectrum range up to the actual this is a real holiday that you should be taking time off work for so of course day number one december 25th what who who do we celebrate on that day preston oh good old saint jesus oh saint <laughs> do we call him saint jesus oh he's the holy messiah okay holy and saint are actually synonymous i just like so... that saint jesus <laughs> sounds like a rapper a little bit <laughs> Yeah, Christmas is all about Jesus. We talked about this before. That's not the day he was born, but it's the day that we celebrate it. Day number two is the 26th or Boxing Day if you are Canadian or British. Yeah, Boxing Day is not a worldwide thing. I've just learned by looking at my calendar, none of it celebrates Boxing Day a couple of days after the I think I've seen that, yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> I don't know how that decision was made. So, and I I wrongly assumed that Boxing Day was a big deal in the States because I looked to them as, this isn't particularly, but as more consumerist than we are. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Black Friday was a big thing down there before it became a big thing up here. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend and I was like, yeah, Boxing Day, Boxing Day sales. And she's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Um, so, yeah, if you're one of our American listeners, we have a huge shopping day post-Christmas called Boxing Day. And uh, now it's not as big as Black Friday, but it used to be yeah. just as big as Black Friday where we'd have crazy sales and people would line up and nobody would get stabbed because we were canadian but... Mm-hmm. Uh. Right. We're too polite. I remember when I was growing up, we, there was always this joke that Ukrainian Christmas comes after Boxing Day because they're smarter than the rest of us and do all their Christmas shopping and there's the sales. I like it. <laughs> I have a point to make towards that, but we'll, when we get to Ukrainian Christmas, we'll chat. <laughs> Boxing Day, in addition to a great shopping day, is also St. Stephen's Day. Do you remember who St. Stephen is? No, you tell me. <laughs> so he's the first Christian martyr that we get described in the Book of the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament. Uh, he was stoned to death, and so the people who made him a canonized saint thought it would be appropriate, maybe with a little bit of sense of irony, to make him the patron saint of stonemasons. No. Oh, I don't like. <laughs> it's kind of rude, right? <laughs> but, And I don't mean to go on a tangent, but it's kind of like the Christian thing to do. And this is one thing where I really like the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints is like, you don't put this torture device on a pedestal, whereas most Christians Dude. are like, yeah, a cross. And like, that's literally what a What about tor- Jesus' story makes you think he likes crosses? Yeah. <laughs> that's like being like, I like this gun. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I get it in their weird twisted sense of humor. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also like, oh, no. I think it's a little bit of the whole bless them that curse you business that's mm. Okay. Christian Taking tradition. back your power. A little bit. Okay. And so being a patron saint of people who work with rocks, blessing those people who 
are conveniently close to rocks who may occasionally throw them. Okay. <laughs> I'm also curious about your point that you wrote here about the good King Wenceslas story. One of my favorite carols. Oh, I didn't write that. I don't even know that song. What? Yeah, you wrote that. I, I was just trying to pass the conversation <laughs> back to you. Unfortunately, I have no... I, I don't know the song. I don't know the story. This is all on you. What? <laughs> I'm not going to sing because... In fact, uh, I'd never heard the song sung until I moved down to the States for a couple of years. Wow, it's one of my favorite carols. And yeah. I've loved it since I was a kid. Also, I feel like I've mentioned this in a podcast before. Random fact about me. Not a Christian. We celebrate Christmas, as you know, as in a secular way. Love religious Christmas carols. Love them. I hate secular carols. I saw three ships. Slaps. Good King Winslessless. Banging. Hark the Herald Angel. Mwah. I saw three ships. The I, I heard it on the Bare Naked Ladies, Bare Naked for the Holidays Christmas album, holiday album. It's not just Christmas. Half the tracks are Hanukkah. But... That's That was me, my only context for years. And then I heard somebody sing it once in church when I was living down in the States. Oh. Apparently, they just have a lot more Christmas carols down there than we don't ever pay attention to up here. At least not in the I feel like our, our radio probably tries to lean more secular. Anyway. Probably. So, good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. Okay. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. I getcha. Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel, when a poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. So he's like a land baron. Sure. And he teaches his page to give back to the poor. Nice. So they like get this this poor man food and, and, and wood. I feel like On... a good half of the Christmas tradition is scaring rich people into being a little bit more generous to the poor yeah so there now that makes more that first line makes more sense to me on the feast of stephen i never actually knew what that meant now is that the means... song older than charles dickens um if i had to guess and i'm pulling out my phone right now i guess it was probably about the same vintage okay i, I just from what i caught of all of that and will probably not retain it's, it feels kind of that sort of era. Oh, they're actually older. Uh, oh, wait. The first song... Hold on. The tune comes from the 13th century. Okay. Reusing tunes is a pretty 1853, English hymn writer wrote the Wenceslas lyrics. Okay. So kind of recently. Yeah. It's one of my faves. Okay. Cool. Anyway. Well, now we know. I feel like it's taking <laughs> us a long time to get through these 12 days. <laughs> Uh, we're we're uh, on day two. Day two, uh, day three. There's there's another oh. saint that I want to look. Oh at. sure, yes, please. Because we're talking about all these saints. Okay. Celebrated. So there's also the feast of Saint Dionysius, or Dennis. <laughs> he was the pope from 259 to 268 CE, and they decided we're gonna make him a saint because he really fought to defend the principles of the Trinity. I don't think it's really that interesting beyond that, though, to be honest. Yeah, so we'll just give it to St. Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> day three, we're up to December 27th, is St. John the Evangelist Day. Um, it is also shared with St. Fabiola. 
Yeah, Fabiola is just one of those special saints. She got married a couple of times, was widowed a couple of times, and then she's like, you know what? I'm going to become a Christian now. And studied under St. Jerome of Bible fame. December 28th, day four, is the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Now, we talked about these innocents a little while ago. In our last episode, yeah. They were supposed to have been killed by King Herod. And that may or may not have happened, but this whole day is actually blocked off. No other saints get this day. It's just for these kids that may or may not have been killed by King Herod. Oh, it's like Gretzky's 99 jersey. Exactly. It's blocked. Can't, yeah. can't be Number 99 again. has been retired. Yep. <laughs> December 29th, day five, is St. Thomas Beckett. Wasn't he one of the bad saints? He wasn't one that we've done an episode on. But he's but... not a great guy, isn't he? I mean... Not great, but better than some. Okay. It's also shared with St. Egwin. Tell me a little bit more about these saints. So St. Egwin was Bishop of Worcester way back in the good old days. And not really terribly notable out of all of the saints there are either. A lot of calendars will list St. Egwin as the saint of the day and completely live off St. Felix, who was Pope from 269 to 274 CE. St. Felix is kind of interesting to me. He also really defended the Trinity in the early days of the Catholic Church, but also really fought to get people to believe that Jesus was the incarnation of this phantasmic word, which is really theologically true. The good word. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky stuff. December, I was like trying to say day and December at the same time. (laughs) December 31st, day seven, New Year's Eve. It is Pope Sylvester I. And then you also get your regular New Year's traditions around the world celebrated this day, obviously. There's actually a lot of saints marked on December 31st. Um, Mostly minor fellas that barely get what we call that memorial on this day. Like. I didn't even put the list together for this one. This is too long. Yeah, it was everyone a wants, little onerous of a task. Everyone wants this day. Yeah, the end of the year is kind of a, a weird time for that, I guess. Now we're into the, the new year, January 1st, day 8. This is Mary, mother of Jesus. Yeah, and they didn't block this day off for other saints, even though Mary has a really special place in the Christian canon of saints. Hmm. So uh, we have St. Vincent Maria Strombi, who was a Passionist priest only about 200 years ago. What does that mean? So the Passionist Order is a special group that's just really into the suffering of Jesus. I was going to say this sounds extreme. and mm. They're not super extreme. But they but put a lot a of... group. They put a lot of stock in the Passion. A lot. I mean, that's... That's the basis. That's the, of the name, name, yeah. <laughs> Day nine, January second, is Saint Basil the Great and Saint Gregory Nazianzus. <laughs> not Nazi anus. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say it like that, now I can't unsee that. Uh, uh, it's a, uh, what a time in history where we can look at these names and make them seem so much Yeah, St. Gregory we had no problem with his name in the 4th century, but now. Right. Mm. 
Uh, Basil and Greg, they were two great, important 4th century Christian thinkers who were also best friends. Aw, like and, us! Right? Not that, I mean, I'm not a great Christian thinker. You are, but we're best friends. <laughs> Yeah, and so they're honored together sharing this day. Aww, what would be our Saint Day? October Our launch, our launch day. October fourth. Aww, <laughs> <laughs> I got way too sentimental. Day ten, January third, is the feast of the Holy Name of Jesus. Tell me more about this one, Preston. Oh, uh, so this sounds very the theological. Day is meant to commemorate the day that Jesus was officially named in the in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, when he had been circumcised. The problem I have with this is we're looking at day 10. Christmas being day one. Yep. But according to the law, he would have been eight days old when he was circumcised. You're supposed to be circumcised eight days in. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. But we're on day 10. (laughs) Well, what if there was a Sunday in there and you're not allowed to do any work? Would it get bumped? I don't know if Moyles count this as work that gets bumped, but maybe. I doubt it, though. We should call him Moyle. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but, I mean, even in the text of Luke chapter 2, it says that he was named and circumcised eight days after he was born. It's actually pretty explicit about that. So, even though, even if it would have been bumped traditionally, the text we have here says it wasn't. Hmm. But we know that Luke was also probably not right about a lot of the things. Census. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of trouble with dates. A little bit. He had some issues with historical facts. And Luke wasn't actually a Jew himself. So he might not have. There could be it. some errors here. But the fact that we have in the canon of scripture this tradition that it was eight days later and yet the liturgical calendar says eh, traditionally we're going to say it's on the eighth day of christmas it just feels weird oh well that's my thoughts on that but there's also a couple others so even jesus shares his day with some people well jesus gets so many days he's gonna have to share a couple of them that's fair <laughs> So there's uh, popes, so Antirus. Telesphorus? Telesphorus. So there's a couple popes, Antirus, Telesphorus. There's a couple saints, St. Giuseppe Maria Tomasi and St. Genevieve the Virgin as well that are all done on this day. Right. Out of all of these, and as you know, Jesus shares this feast day with a bunch of people. The one that I think is kind of interesting is Telesphorus, who... He was the Pope from 126 to 137 CE. Hmm. And he's the dude responsible for the Midnight Christmas Mass. Which is kind of a nifty thing. He's also the dude who decided and made it officially the tradition of the church moving forward and affects us all today. Easter must be celebrated on Sunday. Which makes some good sense. But he's the dude who made the decision. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Day 11... We're getting real close to the end. January 4th. The fourth day of January is the feast day of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first American saint. Interesting. Right? I thought that was kind of cool. She lived in the 18th and 19th centuries. She shares this feast day with St. Angela of Foligno, Italy, who was around in the 13th century. 
And I thought she was actually more interesting than Elizabeth Seton. She had all kinds of visions and she wrote them in great detail for the church. And thanks to all of her mystical revelations, she was titled Mistress of Theologians. Ooh, not an which, appropriate name now. Yeah, the that word is that didn't age. That didn't now. age well. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting. Well, you know. <laughs> and day twelve is January fifth, Epiphany. It is Saint John Newman. Isn't that an actor? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> and he was the first bishop in America. So these last couple saint days are Americans. A little bit, yeah. And then, of course, he shares it with an old person as well, St. Edward the Confessor. And some people also celebrate St. Simeon Stylites. He lived on a small platform on top of a pillar for 37 years. Wow. That's that's a miracle on its own. <laughs> so I, I did some Googling on this Edward the Confessor thing. Because mm -hmm. I pulled up all, all the of these. I looked them all up on the actual Vatican website. And then some of them, they did... I had to look up other sources for some of these articles as well after I found them on the Vatican website because they changed the names on the Vatican website. Weird. Yeah. Like St. Giuseppe Maria. On the Vatican website, they called him Joseph Mary. I feel weird about that. He was an Italian fella. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to anglicize it for us. Right. We get it. We know Giuseppe means Joseph, but his name was Giuseppe. St. Edward the Confessor was... Uh, the King of the English, not the King of England, but the King of the English from 1043 to 1066. And he really fought hard to defend the Christian faith in what would become England. He's the last King Edward before King Edward I of England. Okay. Yeah, it's not confusing at all. No, I'm following. <laughs> the Anglo-Saxons had three Edwards. They didn't get numbered. And then when it became England officially, then Edward started getting numbered. Cool. But if you want to mess with anybody when you talk about our most recent King Edward, add three to his number. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, this is like one of those other things that like ties into people not knowing what the 12 days of Christmas mm -hmm. are. It's just like one of those nerdy facts that I get really excited about. <laughs> Shakespeare's 12th night. Is about the 12th day of Christmas. No way. Yes. So 12th night. That's what it's referring to is this last day in the series of events. It is. It's a very popular British tradition. We don't see it much over here in North America. And I really didn't see any records of it anywhere else. That's a great time to party before Epiphany. Yeah. And 12th night is like much like the play is a very rowdy celebration. Or, or if you're not a Twelfth Night fan, if you're not a Shakespeare fan, She's the Man with Amanda Bynes is based off of Twelfth Night. Twelfth uh, Night with soccer. Twelfth Night with soccer. And, you know, in both instances, there's cross-dressing. Mm -hmm. And so that was a popular tradition. Men would dress up as women. Women would dress up as men. Role reversal is like a big part of this. So even the rich would feed the poor and serve the poor, not just you know, take a basket to the food bank, they would actually serve the poor. Yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, I've always wanted to have a 12th night party, but it's always like <laughs> too close to Christmas. You know, you're just no, like no. done by then. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. It's only 12 days. <laughs> I know, but like, you're so done. It's like, I'm not ready for another party, but I've always wanted to have like a 
rowdy 12th night party. Sure. Do you like nightmares, Preston? <laughs> uh, I like weird dreams. I don't know if anybody likes nightmares. <laughs> so if anyone wants nightmare fuel, <laughs> one of the traditions of 12th night or is, is the 12th night cake or the king cake. And there's also a version of this from Mardi Gras. So if you do Google King Cake, you'll probably be in North America, get Mardi Gras cakes. I'm already thinking of a pie with crows in it, but that's not a cake. So <laughs> like historically, they put like a bean or a pea in the cake and, and you'd eat the cake and whoever got the bean or the pea would win money or a prize. That doesn't sound terrible. Yes, but now you people put... People put like the little plastic babies in the king cake. So there's just like this little face like peeking out of the cake at you. And it is act okay. I'm I'm gonna show you some. So this is a celebration of King Herod? No, what? the King Jesus. Um if you're eating babies, because let's be real, if you're putting a baby in a cake, there's a risk of you eating this baby. It sounds more of a celebration of King Herod than Jesus. <laughs> We're going to have to share this photo that Katie's pulling. There's several terrifying photos like this one with the back end of a baby just hanging out of your cake or this one where the baby looks like he's suffocating. Let it be noted that in many countries, what we're talking about here is a crime. Here's this one. (laughs) You can't be putting toys in food. There's a reason that America missed out on Kinder Surprise for so long. I think it's still not allowed there. Yeah. Because you can't be putting food in or toys in food. Or food and toys for that matter. It's not a great idea. I mean, food and toys is a different rule. <laughs> Look at this one. It's a little butt hanging out. Aww. All right. Yeah. Discord if you want to see these pictures. In fact, speaking of Discord. Ooh, mid, mid-episode advertisement. I love it. <laughs> we are doing a giveaway and Discord is the only place to find this one. And we're really happy to be working with Blackbird Farm and Apothecary for this additional contest. We're putting up a Peace Be With You cutting board that Katie lovingly designed and I think is just fantastic. Thanks. And our friends at Blackbird Farm and Apothecary actually put it on wood for us. And we're looking forward to sharing it with one lucky listener. One lucky Discord member. Yes. You must be on Discord to obtain this prize. Winner will be announced on January 7th. May the odds ever be in your favor. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so, yes, that's that's Twelfth Night. That's a great party if you want another reason to celebrate. And it ties directly in with this string of days from the 25th all the way to the 7th. Absolutely. So Epiphany is January 6th. Sometimes it's called Three Kings Day because according to Matthew chapter 2, a handful of kings or a king and his buddies. We don't know how many kings, but the traditional number is three because of the gifts. We've talked about this in our previous episode. This is supposed to be the day that traditionally they showed up to visit Mary and baby Jesus and baby Jesus' stepdad. <laughs> oh, poor Joseph. Joseph doesn't get nearly enough credit. He had For raising another lot. man's baby. Right? Guy's a champ. <laughs> because of the gifts that these kings, the magi, brought to Jesus, 
sometimes Epiphany is called Little Christmas because of this story. And sometimes people will commemorate it by giving additional gifts. And sometimes they're perfectly satisfied with the big Christmas they had only two weeks ago. <laughs> what I thought was really nifty, and I hadn't heard this before until I actually did some looking into it. There are some people who add to this tradition the title of the Day of Lights hmm. because of the light that was the shining star that the Magi followed to find the baby Jesus in the first place, which kind of ties it all into that Festival of Lights theme that we had going at the end of last year. Yeah, just all all of the religions have their Festival of Lights Yeah, right now, <laughs> or at least in the last four to six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of cool, a little continuity for us. And as you know, I like words. Epiphany means manifestation or appearance. So the title for this feast day refers to Jesus' first appearance to the Gentiles. Of course, in reality, these Gentile magi appeared to Jesus. Yes, <laughs> Jesus wasn't going anywhere. No, he was not exactly walking about. According to most traditions. <laughs> homunculus. Right? There's the homunculus tradition where Jesus was walking and talking immediately after he was born. I feel weird about that, but if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Now, is is this one of those words, like, I can say, oh, I've had an epiphany. I've learned something about myself or life. Do we get the word epiphany from Christianity? Or was it? You know what? Or they, they apply the word. Uh, the Greek word is used for anything appearing to you. A, a, a realization counts as a manifestation of thought. So it's completely independent from the Christian tradition, but not different from it. So if you... Well, okay, well, okay, we've had Christmas. Mm -hmm. We've now had 12 bonus days of Christmas. Yeah. What if I want to keep partying, Preston? Wow, then it's a great time to switch over to the Julian calendar and start all over because January 7th on the Gregorian calendar is December 25th on the Julian calendar. So you can have your Russian or Ukrainian, whatever, your Orthodox, Orthodox. Christmas the day after Epiphany. And then do you start the 12 days of Christmas again? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> the Orthodox tradition has the 12 days of Christmas just like the Catholic tradition, and Epiphany falls on January 19th. <laughs> nice. So I was actually confused by this for a long time. I think I mentioned earlier in the episode that I thought that they just celebrated Christmas on Epiphany, but it's different. It's it an entirely different. different calendar. Like we talked about both the Jewish and Muslim and Hindu solar, sorry, lunar calendars. Mm -hmm. There's the Julian calendar, which is what the Orthodox Church follows. So it's totally different. And then I just included this little anecdote because I think it's cute. <laughs> but my mom was raised Ukrainian Orthodox. She was raised to Ukrainian immigrants. And so growing up, they had Canadian Christmas on December 25th. And that would be like the presents and Santa and secular day. She grew up poor, so there weren't a lot of presents. But that was, you know, that day. And then they had Ukrainian Christmas, which is when the priest came and he went to church. And it was very... Mm -hmm solemn and theological and so that's how they did it as ukrainian immigrants and i thought that was a cute story yeah it was nice yeah it took quite a long time to get everybody to convert from the julian calendar to the gregorian calendar a lot of europe western europe 
made the change a couple hundred years ago. And then basically at the end of the First World War, the Soviet bloc said, oh, yeah, we're going to make the switch. And that not. Wow. Yeah, that's that, recent. I mean, it's only 100 years ago. Yeah. And so that's kind of interesting. If you look, I, I'm sure you noticed in junior high going through the Russian Revolution in history, there was two dates for pretty much everything. Yeah. That's because they were in the middle of that era where they needed to acknowledge both calendars. Interesting. Yeah. That's, man. Yeah, so my Guido would have bo was born in the late 1800s, so he, in Ukraine. So he would have been born. Now I wonder if his birth date's even right. Because he would <laughs> have been born, un born under the Julian calendar. Yeah. Wow. And England would have been like, bro, you're two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's weird to me... Bro, you're two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird to me is that when everybody had, was finally on the same page using using the Gregorian calendar instead of the Julian calendar, and by everybody I mean countries ruled by Christians, because that's the subject of discussion here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when th that change was really accepted by all of the Christian nations, a whole bunch out east the the orthodox groups never adjusted their liturgical calendar right it, it, it would have made a lot of sense to just skip two weeks of holidays you know pick a time in the year when you've got two weeks that you are fine dispensing with one time and then their calendar could have lined up with the rest of us and christmas and easter would have been at the same time and everything would have been hunky-dory but they're like, no, we're not skipping any feast days for any saints at all. We're not changing our liturgical calendar. And so now they're off by two weeks from the rest of us. <laughs> and then you get these confusing Ukrainian Christmases. <laughs> exactly. And even though I'm only one generation removed, I had no idea. <laughs> I feel like an awful lot of people don't know. An awful lot of people, even growing up, I went to a Ukrainian school, and a lot of people didn't realize why, why the Christmas was two weeks off. It was just Ukrainian Christmas is a different Christmas. Two weeks later, that's the deal. Like, like I literally thought they were like, <laughs> no, Epiphany is the important one, because that's when we realized Jesus was around. Right. But it's not that at all. Right. And now you know that, too. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that helped anybody who wasn't familiar with the calendar change and the huge ramifications that ha that has had on the whole planet. I literally think we'll have to do an episode just on calendars. Maybe. Because we bring them up so often. Maybe a bonus yes, episode because it's that. not really religious, but it's important back information. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Now, I think we would be remiss... To do an episode on the 12 days of Christmas. And not address the song. And not address <laughs> that song. I remember in elementary school, we would be like in rows by grades. And I don't know if it was just like to burn off energy, but like every, there were like grade ones would be an odd row. Mm -hmm. And grade twos would be even, grade threes would be odd. That's and you'd have to, yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and so then you'd have to like stand up and sit down. On the odd numbers or on the evening numbers. Oh, that sounds like the worst parody of mass. Stand up, Neil. Stand up, sit. <laughs> I, well, I think it was just like to make us burn off steam. But like, so by the time you hit 12, it was like chaos. 
And just, I can't imagine the teachers enjoyed it, but... I mean, to make everybody do it, somebody must have thought it was a good enough idea. But you might be right. that Maybe they didn't enjoy it so much as felt a little bit of satisfaction. The song itself is basically a secular song. Yeah. There was an internet theory bopping around that it was a hidden code to pass around the tenets of Christianity when they weren't allowed to, but the song's not actually old enough for this. And a historian, William Studwell, said, this was not originally a Catholic song, no matter what you hear on the internet. <laughs> Neutral reference books say this is, a, is nonsense. If there was such a catechism device, a secret code, it was derived from the original secular song. It's a derivation, a derivation, derivative, I'm reading, it's a derivative not the source. So <laughs> as fun as that little piece of information is, it wasn't originally intended that way. But you can actually find what people have written into the song symbolically. Mm -hmm. The partridge in a pear tree is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Which sounds like a really, it feels a little gross to me. What about it? Well... Of all of the great things that one can ascribe to Jesus at the Christmas season. The lion, the him, lamb. Him hanging from a tree, <laughs> like a partridge in a pear tree, is not the... Wait, is the partridge Christmas dead? The, I would hope not for the sake of the song. I thought it was just a bird sitting in a tree. Right. But if you're saying that the bird in the tree is Jesus... The tree is the cross. Oh, okay. I see what you're Definitely, saying. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I get how somebody would have fit that in there and felt like this is an okay thing to share with the world. I get that. But it's Christmas, not Easter, and that feels achy. Fair. The two turtle doves are the Old and the New Testament. Again, this is all supposedly. Right. Uh -oh. This is Somebody did put some serious thought into making these parallels, and... There's there's a functionality to it, a purpose for it. Yes, just I'm I'm gonna put, just put supposedly in front of every sentence, guys, because I'm not <laughs> yes. gonna. Three French hens, and this one is interesting to me because you could have done a lot of oh, things, okay. and they didn't pick what I thought they. So it's the three virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Not the three magi, not the Trinity. Hmm. Well, I could see more likely the magi than the Trinity for the three French hens. Them, France generally being counted as a Gentile nation, mm -hmm. I actually would have been really cool. But the three theological virtues, they're all right. Okay. <laughs> four calling birds are the four Gospels of Math, Mark, Luke, and John. Math, I just said Matthew, Mark, <laughs> Luke, and John. <laughs> Whoa. Four calling birds? That makes sense. I'm on board with this one. Okay. The five golden rings are the first five books of the Old Testament. I can accept that. I don't love it, but I get it. Okay. Six Gisalang are the six days of creation before God rested on the seventh day. Now, this one took me some thinking, but I get it. The eggs being associated with an act of creation. So, I accept Okay. I don't love it, I don't but I'm love on board. It 
It felt like they really had to think about that one. Oh, I'm sure all of this took a lot of deep thought. Somebody worked on this for a long time, I think. Ooh, this one I'm going to need to elaborate on. Seven swans of swimming is the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit? Uh, Sorry, <laughs> off the top of your head. That depends a lot on your author. Um, we're probably talking about Paul here. Really, he's he's the one who lists gifts of the Spirit in the New Testament as a thing that people refer to pretty often. And the swans, they're like really big doves. <laughs> I don't know, because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, if you're going to think of a bird, it's usually the dove. So I, I Seven doves this. are swimming. I, I don't love this one. That one's one. okay. Uh, eight maids of milking are the eight beatitudes. Be beatitudes? Yeah. Wow. That's, um, I've heard of beatification, but beatitude sounds like... Blessed are the peacemakers, that kind of thing. Mm. I'd, I think this is relying entirely on the number and has nothing to do with the maids of milking. <laughs> are the maids virtuous? Probably. I mean, <laughs> at the time this was written, maid simply meant unmarried. Uh, an, an unmarried woman, yeah. Nine ladies dancing are the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Relying entirely again on numbers, not a whole lot of creativity here. <laughs> ten lords a leaping are the ten commandments. Numbers. Same thing, numbers. Eleven pipers piping. This one I understand is eleven faithful disciples. Yeah, that one's pretty easy to be on board with. Because we got rid of Judas. Yeah. Judas now. <laughs> and twelve drummers drummer the twelve points of belief in the Apostles' Creed. It's it's not a stretch. No, not a far stretch. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's not a far stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. So some fun facts about this song mm -hmm. is that, remember, it's cumulative. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the 12 days, this the recipient has received 364 gifts. Because on the 12th day of Christmas, she got 12 drummers, 11 lords, 10. It's cumulative. Clearly, I don't so by, know. You're right. So you're by right, day yeah. two, she has five, four gifts because she's got two partridges in a pear tree and two turtle doves yeah. by the second day. Yeah, you're right. So she gets 364 gifts. And Which so, is almost a whole year. I know. I feel like there's something very symbolic about all of this. I Honestly, I think it's a coincidence. <laughs> Okay. I would even venture to guess that the person who wrote the song just was looking for a song that builds up on itself and had no intention of the 12th day. That was one of the theories year. I read is that it's really just a children's memory song. Yeah. I, I'm on. That's the boat that I'm on. <laughs> and then you can find reports. Some people have like totaled what this would cost. I mean, we're, there's several tiers here that are owning people. Yes, several of these are <laughs> illegal. Um, unless you're just like paying the drummers for a show and you're paying 12 drummers for. And an hour's wages for the performance. A lot more affordable than owning a person. But yeah, and you're actually like not allowed to own a person in most places. Well, Where today in North America, it is illegal. All right, so the cost and... So because of the pandemic, the cost of the 12 days of Christmas actually decreased significantly. Oh, yeah. Is it because we're paying people less? <laughs> wow. I mean, there's a lot of variance. 
but the one that I'm just pulling up straight from Google. According to the 2020 Christmas Price Index by PNC Financial Services Group, the 12 days of Christmas will set you back $16,000. But according to PNC, the cost of Christmas decreased by nearly 60%. So in 2019, the same 364 gifts would have cost you $38,000. Wow. They didn't give details on which dropped that price the most, eh? Oh, if you're... So, eight megs of milking, for example, is the federal minimum wage. So they're putting that at $58. Sure. So, wow. Fascinating. That good, eh? There's a whole, there's a whole Wikipedia thing called the Christmas Price Index. Huh. And it goes back all the way to 1984 to tell you how much Christmas costs. And we're just talking about these 12, 12 364 items. <laughs> these 12 listed entries. Uh, yeah, it dropped massively in 2020. Huh. And the only other time we saw a drop was in 2000. Oh, no, that's not true. 1995, there was a big recession in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And then 2002, there was a big... Whew. So this is all from the Wikipedia article. <laughs> the price of each item is set as follows. The pear tree comes from a nursery in Philadelphia. The partridge, turtle, dove, French hen prices are determined by the Cincinnati Zoo. Okay. The price of a canary at Petco is used for the call, the calling bird. Wait, wait, wait. So we went to a pet store for the canary, but we're asking a zoo how much they value the other birds? Because they don't think you can get doves and partridges at a pet store. Well, then check a market in, I don't know, somewhere in the Middle East that probably does. Oh, right. <laughs> but you couldn't import that. Right. Import because costs of course, would suck. Well, and quarantining the animals because yeah. you're not killing them. Right. Yeah. So. Fair point. I guess zoo it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, humbug. <laughs> right. Gordon Jewelers sets the price for the golden rings. Now, are we talking like finger rings or hoops? So these are finger rings, but they also say that the song might actually refer to ringed-necked pheasants as opposed to actual jewelry. What? So does this index they take go, that into account? No, they do, they do gold <laughs> jewelry. Okay. The maids are assumed to be unskilled laborers earning the federal minimum wage. I mean, rude, but fair. Oh, that's amazing. The Philadelphia Dance Company provides the estimate for the salary of ladies dancing. How about the Lords of Leaping? The Philadelphia Ballet estimates the salary for the Leaping Lords. Okay. And so this is obviously done in Pennsylvania. Sure. The going rate for drummers and pipers is that of the, uh, excuse me, the Pennsylvania Musicians Union. Okay. I was as reliable as any other and the drummer is the same yes yeah, sorry drum, drummers and pipers are from the pennsylvania music okay. unit so my guess is that it was the performers that tanked it in 2020 when they couldn't perform i think you're that would be right. my guess that makes sense let's see if there's anything so they couldn't perform as a group so they could be um bought for private events pretty affordably <laughs> Okay. So there are some controversies, for example. So the Lords of Leaping are ballet dancers, and there's a criticism that they're not real lords. Oh, no. Right? They're male ballet dancers. But there are no lords in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that the lords in England are not Leapers. fond of leaping. So 
I'm I'm comfortable with that. Yep. Okay, now here it is. The 2020 index did not include the nine ladies dancing, ten lords, the leaping, eleven pipers, piper, twelve dharma drumming due to COVID-19 restrictions on live performances. Yeah, if it does if it straight up just didn't include them instead of discounting them, that really accounts for a 60% drop. Wow. Yeah, I mean, because they're a huge portion of the song. Yes, Both in there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they're very significant gifts. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really enjoyed that rabbit hole. Right? That warmed my little Christmas heart. And now you know. <laughs> so next year, check the price of Christmas and bring it to your family on Twelfth Night for some ridiculous fun. Yeah, not on Christmas. You're early. <laughs> or not anything pre December 25th. That's the only thing you take away from this episode. <laughs> now I'm getting on my little soapbox. The only thing you take away from this episode is that the 12 days of Christmas are after Christmas. I will be happy. Uh, Way too aggressive about it. And this episode was specially requested. It was. I was like, was it? It was. I brought this up with my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about epiphany and how people get... The 12 days of Christmas wrong. And she said, you should do an episode on that. And so here we are, mom. <laughs> and I don't even think I swore. Honestly, it's not that that's not the kind of thing that jumps out at me. So I think you're I right. know, but that's why we have explicit episodes because I swear so much. <laughs> you don't swear so much. You swear sometimes. But I do say big ones. I guess. You like, say the words that are more likely to offend people with sensitive right. thoughts on language. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like words, but not the same words as Preston. (laughs) (laughs) So please follow us on Discord. Get entered for this great contest by Blackbird Farm and Apothecary. Check out our Patreon and help support us this year. We have big plans and want to expand and we can only do it with your help. And if the subscription model is not your jam, we have our Spreadshirt is our merch store filled with Lots of great, beautifully designed merchandise. If you saw that cutting board picture and you love the logo, but you didn't win the contest, because we'll announce that soon, you can get it on a t-shirt, a bag, a mug, and we've got loads of other designs too that we're happy to share with you. Peace Peace be be with you. you. By the late Middle Ages, the Christian prophecy had fulfilled We have a fabulous, another fabulous contest sponsored by Blackbird Farm and Apothecary. They've been very generous with helping us out a little bit, and we want to return the favor. <laughs> We're running another contest. This time we are giving away a Peace Be With You cutting board. And it's going to be a little different. Last time we got you to like and share on social media. But we're pushing our Discord this time. So So we want you to get on board Discord. And you'll see the rules for the giveaway there. All you have to do is take a picture. Show us that you're following Blackbird Apothecary and Farm on either Facebook or Instagram. And post it in our Discord tenter. And uh, what's the prize? I already said, a peace be with you cutting board. Gotta emphasize that. A peace be with you cutting board. (laughs) Cut your meat 
on our fingers. <laughs> Was that a good ad? I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Winner will be announced on Discord on January 7th.